You're watching WLWT News 5, leading the way. All right, good Monday morning to you. Thanks for joining us here on WLWT News 5 Today's Daily Dose. Yes, this is only two of my three beverages. Oh, excellent. Uh, yes. It is a three beverage the kind of Monday. The third one's right under there, so don't move it's, your... Uh, <laughs> I moved one over there. Yeah, it, it's water, liquid IV, and... Caffeine. That's right. Um, you need it all on a Monday morning, and there's a lot to get to this morning. Actually, yes, there sometimes is. Mondays are quiet, but mm -hmm. that is not the case uh, this morning. So let me hop into what yeah. we're talking about. And it's, and it's a lot of um, it, it's not a lot of active stuff, but it's a lot of important stuff. Yes. Because it's not that it, this was an incredibly busy week, and it's just no. a lot of things still going on, like in Goshen, the recovery effort's still continuing, and then we've got a couple of things to preview, but. Yeah, uh, yeah. we had a busy last week, so yes, it's okay true. if the weekend was relatively quiet, right. but some updates, yeah, so the Goshen cleanup continues. Duke Energy has just about everybody back on. Here's the issue, though, that some of the people in the Claremont County, probably even the Loveland areas, uh, had damage to their electrical boxes. Mm. So that prevents Duke from getting things back online because it needs to be fixed on the home and usually right. the homeowners on the hook for that so people are having to contact electricians get those mm -hmm. fixed but then it has to be cleared by an inspector so right. those people are hard to get in touch with anyway i can only imagine how busy they are right now with all of the damage so people who are still in the dark are people who have had to fix those things then get duke to come back out to reconnect the electricity but in the meantime they're kind of bleeding their own resources right. with either generators filled with gas mm -hmm. or staying in hotels you know these mm -hmm. things aren't cheap so um but a ton of people did clean up over the weekend official crews were out there um volunteers were out there and there's still plenty of ways to help out which is awesome um, a friend of mine who lives in loveland she they got everything cleaned up with the help of some some friends and neighbors yeah, and uh, yeah, not not only people using their own resources, uh, having to move in ho or move into hotels temporarily, yeah. or pay for gas, which is still pretty expensive to run their generators. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people unable to go to work, so not only having to reuse their own resources, but unable to replenish that to to uh, be able to support what they need right now. Um, so still a lot of cleaning up to do. Oh yeah, and it's going to take Richard Child's live uh, and the de devastation still very palpable. Yeah, and it's going to be another hot and humid day. So if people are going to be back out there today trying to get people back online and up and running, make sure you get a lot of water. There's good news. We start out the hottest and then it goes down as we head through the week. Let's check in with Randy. Yes, it is another steamy and sweaty day with high humidity today and tomorrow. Relief is on the way, though, feeling more comfortable by the end of the work week. For today, right now, we're starting out at 66 degrees. By lunchtime, we'll be in the mid-80s, feeling like the upper 80s. And our high today, right around 90, feeling more like 93, 94. Now, there are going to be some thunderstorms dropping through late tonight. We're talking after about 2 or 3 a.m. through about 6 or 7 a.m. on Tuesday. We'll get more comfortable by Friday. So that All means right. we'll be driving into work tomorrow morning when those storms come. That's so a very good point. That's nice, nice plan. I'm Thanks glad you. Ready. I'm glad you brought that up. <laughs> and that's a heads up for anybody who works a third shift or maybe would be heading home from a third shift. Uh, we had a very interesting story this morning with Meredith, um, and the title "Active Shooter Trainer" is a little mis mis misleading because you're mm -hmm. like, wait, who trains an active shooter? No, no, right. no. They train you to be prepared right. in the case of an active shooter. Response for active shooting. Exactly, exactly. And this is a person who is local to our area, which is very interesting. And he had, you know, good insight about ways to prepare 
ways to stay aware of your surroundings, know what's going on, and then the different things you need to do mm -hmm. should you find yourself in a situation. Obviously, we hope that's not the case. No one wants to think about this stuff, right. but unfortunately, we do think about this yep, stuff. Yep, and it's common practice. My wife works um, in the university system, and when we were in Florida, she worked at Florida State, and she had to go through active training there. Right. She now works at UC Blue Ash. They had that bomb scare on Friday, right. so I can assume as they uh, gear up for the semester, they'll go through another active shooting training. Put so, the different things um, in motion. Yeah, so something that, of course, you don't want to have to go through, but it is nice to have in the arsenal in case the worst, uh, the worst comes to the worst, and you you know what to do in that situation. I'm going to advise everyone to go to Meredith's web article yes. about this because she'll have more details. But he teaches the alive technique, which stands for assess, leave, impede, violence, and expose, and she explains all of that. And then also, this gentleman and his group can offer training for your warehouse, your church, your office, your business, anything like that. If you're curious, um, he offers training and then he's starting to work. I don't think has it all worked out yet, but starting to work on something that would be more of a nonprofit because mm -hmm. he knows resources are difficult. So that would be something that he um, is looking into and hopefully is able to get off the ground. Again, we hope there's not a need for his resources, right. but they are unfortunately things that we do need to talk about right yeah, now. Very much so. And uh, some big news we talked about a little bit last week. A little last um, week. Uh, kind of two stories converging into one. Uh, Xavier student uh, Ethan Nichols headed to Washington, D.C., along with Cincinnati Mayor uh, Aftab Pirival. Uh, they will be guests at the White House as uh, President Biden makes some remarks about the national gun safety bill that was passed. And um, at least Mayor Pirival going to be talking about the work being done here in Cincinnati to attempt to curb gun violence, something that we've seen uh, pretty much every week for the last year or so. Yeah, and there's been different ways. They actually had a block party over the weekend trying mm -hmm. to say, hey, we're, we, we want to take our streets back, make them safe, have everybody out and about and not have to be worried about danger, um, which they were doing in one of the neighborhoods. But yeah, so it, like you said, kind of two big stories happening in Washington coming together. The student from Xavier, Ethan Nichols, also uh, he heads up a specific group of students against gun violence. Mm -hmm. And so he's going to be there as well. And they'll be with other uh, city leaders and student leaders, I believe, uh, meeting in Washington for that. So very cool to see some Cincinnati people represented there. And then also the conversation about how can policies in Washington keep us safe here right. in Cincinnati. So that right. kind of goes back and forth. Um, on a serious note, uh, an officer allegedly assaulted. This is uh, the pictures are pretty crazy um, that we received from Cincinnati FOP President Dan Hills. Um, an officer was attacked, he says, on the corner of 6th and Elm on Friday night. Um, a burglary suspect, this officer was trying to stop the burglary suspect when he was hit in the face with a metal pipe that had been concealed. So several broken bones in this officer's face. Uh, he's going to need reconstructive surgery. So uh, the person has been arrested and charged. Uh, Charlando Peoples charged him with felonious assault. He's being held right now. But um, yeah, pretty wild pictures whenever you yes. see that. Uh, that happened over the weekend. Yeah, you can head to our website, WLWT.com, to see that, uh, read up more on that story. But yeah, never never want to see that with anyone, no. yet alone someone who's trying to keep keep the community safe and kind of seemed a little senseless yes. um, for this to, to go down like that. Let's end on a happy note. Yes, positive note. Baseball, which I'm sure there's times where people are like, baseball in Cincinnati is not a happy note. It has been the last four games, though. Yeah, they swept the Rays. Um, Pretty Coming off a win against the Pirates right before that, That's and they're right. hoping yep. that this carries on. Yeah, and it's it's one of those ebbs and flows of the season where if it weren't for such a horrible start for the Reds, they might be middle of the standings, maybe in the hunt for the third wild card, but that just losing, what, 26 of the first yeah. 35 games or whatever it was 
set him back. But some good news for the Reds. Uh, Luis Castillo was named to the National League All-Star team. Yep. Uh, uh, 2.92 ERA, only a 3-4 and four record, but record is little unindicative of a pitcher's performance. Uh, has um, only allowed uh, 23 earned runs this year over 71 innings, also 74 strikeouts. Um, so he's the only Reds uh, player selected right. so far. People thought Brandon Drury might have gotten the nod. Still can with the injury replacement, so we'll right. see. Right, I would say usually they end comes. up adding a couple people towards yeah. the end. And so. that, game, that game will be next Tuesday, so about a week um, to know when that happens. And a former Bearcat making the All-Star team, also the National League, also NL Central, Chicago Cub outfielder uh, Ian Happ, the first or uh, the first ever Bearcat to be taken in the first round. So that's coming to fruition. That's fun. Yeah, he's uh, he's slashing uh, 276, 370, 448 uh, with eight home runs and 39 runs scored, 40 RBI. So he's having a, a valuable uh, year as well. It makes it more fun for us to watch the All-Star game that's and right. the All-Star break. Hopefully, a time for the Reds to regroup mm -hmm. and continue on. Again, it's uh, pretty unlikely that we may see the postseason, but that's it's right. nice to <laughs> it's nice to regroup and end things on a high note. Mm -hmm. at the end of the season and so uh, yeah like you're saying a couple extra extra reasons to watch the all-star game I love the all-star week though it's my favorite home run derby I mean yeah. yeah especially when it was here in Cincinnati uh, that was very fun <laughs> I unfortunately had been here left mm -hmm. right as the all-star game I was so yeah. sad I was actually anyway. living in Pennsylvania at that time my now wife we were still dating but she lives or lived in Fort Thomas and I drove the eight hours yeah, to spend did. the weekend long weekend nearby be just right, right yeah. across the river we you just heard, want to be here we heard the flyover start that's at awesome. her house and then come over the stadium during really the awesome. game so I was in Cincinnati didn't go to anything but no, was still in you just to have to be around it kind yeah, of yeah. get that, caught up in the festivities that's totally understandable all right that's all for today's daily dose we'll be back with you tomorrow as we get you the headlines for the day have a great day